What's up, family? Welcome back to the Stop Sinking Show, where we go from struggle to flow. Before we get started, I wanted to share something that's been on my mind. I've been thinking a lot about who this show is exactly for. Who do I speak to? And the closest I've come to answering that is I'm speaking to myself. Myself in the past, myself in the future, myself now. And all of you who are like me. For me, that's someone who is willing to leave the comforts but unfulfilling nature of a guarantee in a job. Somebody willing to brave the consequences to go in the dark because anything is better than that dreadful feeling in the pit of your stomach on Sunday nights thinking about work the next day because you know it's just another meaningless day in playing your meaningless part in the system. And there's a part of you that thinks there's more in store for you, believes there's more out there for you, and you're not willing to keep wondering. You're willing to risk it. You may be confused on what to do, but you are willing to do what is necessary to make it come true. You are willing to spend the time, the effort, the sweat, go through the emotional hardship just so you can have a chance at a life that strains more of your potential, calls more of you to come to life. That is the me I see in you. You might be solving this wanting to be more feeling by starting your business, which will push you to your potential the most, the greatest self-development tool, starting a business. Or you could be leaving that unfulfilling job to find a better one that asks more of you. You are who I make this podcast for. It's definitely not for the people who are complacent and seeking a comfortable little trench to find themselves to exist in. It is for the you who wants more out of life. I'm going to work on how to say all of what I just said in a cute, quick, one-sentence way that gets to the heart of the matter. Stay tuned on that front. But this is what I've been thinking about. Let's get on to the show for today. Life is the long game. All strategies are meant to be adjusted to this game being played over time. And that's not to say we get complacent in the short term. It's actually quite the opposite. Each daily play matters in the long game. Each one is what determines where your long game over time will be leading you towards. Where you will be standing at the end. We've talked about this before on the context and the level of activity. Having impatience in the short term and having patience in the long term. That was from the level of urgency to feel. That advice was to ground how much striving we should be doing, how active we should be. This conversation today is to ground something else. While you are doing all this activity, this conversation is to remind us of the sentiment on which to ground our doing on. It's to ground our morality and even rationality on which to ground our decision-making, to ground our expectations, 
on what to keep in mind while doing all this activity and how to how to pick which activity is actually compatible with the character we want to develop and be known for. The lack of patience in the long term may get your short-term current impatience to behave in ways that actually doesn't optimize for your future self. You may take actions to fill you today, but compromise your future state. And this conversation today is about keeping in mind that future you. The one you will surely wake up to on the back of all the decisions you make today on a daily basis. And you want to minimize the damage caused by those decisions to your psyche and standing in the future. This conversation is about playing the long game and how to live your life with respect to the fact that tomorrow will exist and allowing that to ground yourself today in your behavior, your relationships, your dealings, and all your activities. The long game is meant to be taken like it's a game to play, but not for you to take away some nefarious intent to be a player. It's more of an explanation as a noun on what it is that we are in. We live in a world where the game is long, and those that play the game with the longest scope win. And it's not something you can fake. I mean, if you can fake sincerity for 60 years, then you're either the best actor or actually sincere. But the point is the long game is a mindset. And one that you realize actually requires you to be a good person and have good intent and sincerely care about people and the natural course that life takes that you will wake up to. And sure, speed matters in all aspects of life. But what matters with that speed that you input is it being grounded to a long-term view. You have to be able to see around the bend. You also can't use your inputted speed to set the expectation of what returns back, what results return, what output. That happens on its own accordance, its own course. And respecting that natural process is the basis of our discussion. You can't rush or speed up the course that many things in life take. You can't change yourself overnight. You can't earn a place in someone's life and the ability to influence overnight. You can't win a five-year war in the battles over the course of one year. Only thing you can control is how you play your part in each of these things on a daily basis. But you cannot rush through and pick up those earnings on anything other than a natural timetable. Nature prevails. Everything has a natural path. You may, for example, have an internal stance in many of the things you see around you. There may be things in your company, at your job, in your community, in your relationships with someone. Things that you may consider to be out of sync. Things you can see require improvement. Things that stick out to you as broken. Let's take the job as an example. If you are a new hire at a company 
and you have been at this company less than 90 days, there is first a limited perspective that you have, but also you have yet to show your worth and earn your place within the dynamic of influence. Now, take that further into having earned your place in the hearts and minds of people, and that 90 days might get extended out to six months to a year. That means for up to a year, all the things that you see that are broken, you can only affect to a certain degree. You can't make radical changes. You can't offer suggestions for radical change. And only after having served a decent amount of time, having earned trust and confidence, can you then start to make more significant changes and offer more critical feedback. There is not a way to hack through this unless the very reason that you were hired was to bring about change, like a new CEO or a consultant in a position to uproot an old regime that was universally recognized as broken, and you were hired to fix that job and turn things around. Then maybe before 90 days and six months, you can make some radical changes. Or the only other way I can think you might be able to hack it is being super competent and make it super obvious as soon as possible that you bring a lot to the table with skills and cultural fit. People still have to feel like you're a fit, even with all that competency. Other than those scenarios, you cannot hack into a position of authority to influence without putting in the time and effort. There is no hack, mainly because you're dealing with human beings, and it just takes that long to naturally earn your place. People almost have to internally invite you to affect change, or it will not happen. Relationships with other humans is the greatest example of the long game. You can take this example into any other venture that requires other human participation. The main thing to recognize is that in your job, your community, your family, personal relationship, you are up against this same dynamic, the same resistance, and the same nature at play. And there is no hack or shortcut. And for you to be able to navigate your way into greater influence in any of these places, your community, your friendship, your job, for you to be able to navigate your way to more of an influence in any of these places, you have to be willing to put in the time. And doing so in a way while being true and sincere to yourself, taking into account the needs of other humans while you have an interaction with them. And then doing that over and over again, sincerely and earnestly and consistently for the length of time that they know you. That means it's really hard to fake. It really means you have to become the kind of person, have the kind of character that is desirable by other human beings. They have to invite you to play. And with that consistent long game of daily short-term giving and you being attuned, then do you find yourself in a place where you are in the graces of influence with people. And they give it to you willingly. Most of us 
only get to this place with a very few people in life. Because we're only willing to put in the effort with a few people in the world. And with the rest of the world, we are transactional and short. And it deprives us of ever earning that place. And I'll even argue that those people who spend their life giving and earning their place with more and more people live a more fulfilled life. Again, you can't fake this. Your acting ability can't be consistent enough to not crack over the long term. Knowing life is the long game is the greatest self-development imperative. It literally forces you to become a better person for your own benefit. The alternative? The alternative is making short-term decisions and compromising your long-term standing. Many people who don't keep sight of this dynamic, this long game, make decisions in the short term to make money, for example, but compromise their reputation in the long term. I know I could have earned a lot of money in my career if I didn't care about my future self, if I didn't care about my reputation. Losing sight of this dynamic also shows up in how we treat our clients and customers. The number one lifeblood of any business is repeat business. It's doing the expensive work up front to finding and acquiring a customer at first and then earning that cost of acquiring that customer back over time through that customer and the lifetime of that customer and what they are worth to you. And how do you have that lifetime How do you guarantee that lifetime? It requires your business model to be designed entirely around maximizing customer experience quality so it gives them the best chance that that customer relationship will continue to be healthy, continue to be strong and sticky over time, that they actually want to come back and do business with you, meaning optimizing for the customer actually wanting to come back and doing more business. And a person who is not focused on the long term plays this game poorly and churns and burns their customers to maximize what they can earn up front. And listen, there's plenty of people who operate their entire business model, even life like this. They shoot for expedience, shoot to suck whatever they can dry as quickly as possible, but by the nature of it, then have to move on to new ventures, new industries, new geography, new friends. What an exhausting way to live. But for the sociopath, it seems like the ideal scenario. Earn as much as you can right away and move on because you don't care for the people anyway. The point is a healthy person always leaves himself a footing for the future. He doesn't compromise the standing that he knows he will eventually need to lean on. Many people today are willing to compromise themselves without thinking that there will be a 50-year-old version of them that will look back at their life choices and be affected greatly by them. Especially, for example, the footprint you leave online. Yet people are willing to sell anything, including themselves, online without any more than a passing thought 
to the consequences of their actions. I saw a post earlier with Gary Vee talking about his NFT project, and he touched on this a little bit. Now, every celebrity right now is trying to back an NFT project or starting one of their own. And Gary himself made about $90 million selling VFriends, so, and he continues to make more because these NFTs continue to be resold on a secondary market. He's made over $90 million so far. And now he talks about the pressure he feels to his reputation for the people who have paid hundreds of thousands of dollars for his NFTs. That means he now has a responsibility to uphold the demand of these over the course of the rest of his life. Because if he just abandons it, then all these people are left in a dead project. And the secondary market dies and their NFTs are worth nothing. And to all the celebrities making a quick buck, he warns to make sure that they are willing to do this for a decade or more. Or you're essentially screwing over your following to make a quick buck and compromise your reputation. Essentially playing the short game. Taking the blow to your standing in the eyes of the people who supported you for a quick buck. And the number one reason to play the long game is exactly for this reason. To preserve the value of the greatest asset you have the most control over. And that is your name. Your reputation. All you have is your name and your word in life. If you read the 48 Laws of Power, you remember the law that says everything depends on reputation. Guard it with your life. That law then goes on to tell a story about a warrior who was caught off guard by the enemy. This warrior who had a reputation of being the most cunning and the most sly had his entire army stationed somewhere else guarding the kingdom and he was now actually beaten in numbers because he was alone with only a few men when there was an approaching enemy army of hundreds of thousands of men marching towards him. So in his defeat, he sat on the roof of his fort playing an instrument. I think it was the lute. In visible view of the generals of this approaching army. So imagine this. Hundreds of thousands of men marching towards his kingdom. He's defeated. And in his defeat, he peacefully goes on the roof and plays the lute in a way to accept his upcoming fate as he sees all these men marching towards him. But guess what happened? Because of his reputation of being extremely cunning, the generals of the enemy troops thought it was a trick. They couldn't make sense of why he was just sitting there so calmly just playing the lute. They thought it must have been a trick. It has to be a trick. And that day, hundreds of thousands of men, an entire army, retreated. When he was defeated, they all retreated based off of the reputation of this formidable warrior who even in his defeat wore the shield of his name to protect him. And one, that is the power of reputation. 
the power of the long game. Let's take a modern example. Your reputation in poker will determine how others will play against you. It gives you a baseline on which to throw people off from. You can play strong bets to bluff when it isn't expected of you and cause people to back down. Just when they think they have you pinned, you can veer from the impression that they have of you and that baseline and throw them off. All this is built playing the long game, playing for your reputation. Like I mentioned before, for me, being able to provide feedback and be controversial and take a stance in my workplace only became possible because of the time I spent earning my place to do so. The same thing with the relationships that I have with people. There is no way you can go ahead and tell people exactly what they need to hear without first having spent the time to build a foundational relationship with them that allows for that to be the case. Or else your greatest intentions for them and the advice you want to give will turn into resentment. And even with the relationship, it might still turn into resentment. But at least they might have a background of experience with you to fall back on and balance that resentment with hopefully knowing you and knowing your heart and knowing you only want the best for them in anything that you say. That takes time to build. You cannot go into your workplace or in a fresh new relationship with someone and offer a bunch of feedback. First off, you haven't done the work to understand them enough to provide that feedback. First, the person needs to feel understood that you have spent the investment and enough time in getting a feeling of their nuances. Then, when that person or that place can truly feel that investment and can truly feel that you have made that investment, only then can your input be respected and accepted, and maybe, if you've done a really good job, actually implemented. All your goals require a longer-term horizon. And it's not because you can't achieve them in half the time or do 10 times that in one year. I'm not trying to put some limiting belief. But because that longer-term horizon will provide the necessary respectful boundaries to guide what it is that you are willing to do or not. There's always quick and dirty ways to get to a certain place. And not all those quick and dirty ways leave you without residual muck that will stain your character for the remainder of your life. Choose what is meaningful over what is expedient. Again, Along with this grounding us to a sense of morality, it also grounds our sense of ethics. And a big part of doing what is ethical is also what is most rational. To optimize for what leaves you another day to stand on a good stage is the most rational and ethical thing you can do for yourself. The short game will fill your belly. For sure. The long game will feed you for a lifetime. Take your pick. Love you, family. See you on the next show.